Hello and welcome to another episode of Born and Red, and a special welcome to those of you listening on Apple Podcasts. Mike and I will review the Wolves game from last night, we'll take a look ahead to the Palace game on Saturday, and we'll have a look at some very, very damning stats for one of Mike's favourite players. Welcome to episode four of Born and Red, a podcast about Manchester United. So uh, before we start this week, I've actually got a couple of uh, user reviews, believe it or not, Ryan. Um, we, we, yeah, we're, we're getting pretty popular. I think we had at least like 30 odd plays uh, of the uh, 3.5 episode, which is impressive. Do you want an update on that? Uh, go for it. 58 plays. Wow, this is this is going global. What can I say? Um, so yeah, a couple of reviews. Uh, indeed, uh, Lee from uh, Middleton, which is just outside of Manchester, of course. Uh, he, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, uh, "Listen to the first twelve seconds, and then had to listen to the rest." And uh, what a what an effing great show! And then uh, Bryn from uh, Landudno said it was like listening to Partridge through a bag of gravel. Um, I can only take that as a uh, I can only take that as a compliment. I presume the bag of gravel might be referring to the uh, sound issues we had, but uh, you know any partridge comparisons fine by me. So uh, so yeah, th- thanks for the reviews, guys, and uh, you know keep those uh, keep those comments flooding in. Um, so we we'll... are we are we are now live on uh, Apple Podcasts. So if you do like what you're listening, please do. Um, drop us a quick review on there. Um, if we get a decent review, then we can get into the new and noteworthy category. On Fantastic! IG. Can I get Which my friend, family to uh, you know five star it? Is that, is that going to help? That will help. I think you can even five star it yourself, Mike. That, that's happening. That's happening. So uh, yeah, Wolves um, felt like a loss. I'm gonna gonna start with that. It really did because we dominated them first half. Granted, we didn't create that much, but I thought we did enough. And we came away with the point. It was disappointing, but at the same time, massive improvement on last season's offerings. Yeah, I, 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 like you, I was very disappointed in the in the end result, and it did feel, I think, uh, on first reflection last night, um, like a loss and and, and very disappointing. Um, but I think when, when I look back at, at the game as a whole, um, particularly the first half, I was I was very happy, very encouraged. Um, we had. All the possession completely controlled Wolves in that first half. Like you said, we didn't we didn't create an awful lot, uh, but we took the chance that we did create, and uh, we were looking so comfortable going into at halftime. Um, but then I, I did feel, to a certain degree, like the second season, the second half of the game was a little bit like um, some parts of the second half of last season, um, more in the way that we just kind of I think we, we let Wolves come back into the game when we didn't need to. Um, you can't do anything about that goal from Neves. It was a wonder goal. Um, well, I, so you say you can't do anything about it. I think that the lack of closing down, like given that we know, and obviously the players would have known, he's a bit of a specialist from anywhere outside the 18-yard area. And we were a bit slow getting out to him. That said, obviously, it was an incredible strike and, and he had absolutely no chance. Yeah, I think you're right, Probably. Neves and he was he was certainly left um, free uh, from that set piece. So um, yeah, we could have done better. Um, moving on to the rest of the game, I thought we, we picked picked up the pace a, little, a bit better after after the goal. 
obviously uh, put them under a bit of pressure and won the penalty. What's your view on who took it? Who sh- right. So, first response to this is it was like classic Gary Neville on Sky Sports, just just going over the top, um, total hyperbole. It waxing lyrical about the fact we should have had the designated penalty taker, and it. it's something to do with like Ollie losing control. It's absolute nonsense. Like I've got no issue with two penalty takers. Um, the issue I've got is maybe the fact that Pogba shouldn't be one of them. He's obviously not a great penalty taker. He's missed four since the beginning of last season. Uh, Rashford obviously scored last week, and it was. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a farce or anything like that or a fiasco. It was uh, ill-advised at best, but you could see the conversation between them. Popper felt confident, so he took it. And it was, you know what? It wasn't a bad penalty. It was just a really good save. Um, I'd I'd say it wasn't a great penalty. Um, I've seen worse penalties, clearly, but um, I I don't know. I just felt he's he's changed his approach to penalties as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder whether that affected it. Um, but I don't know about you, Mike. I, I always want my strikers to be grabbing the ball and, and taking it away, taking away from anybody. Yeah, confidence and and the you, you know Rashford that would have been his. Uh, did he get two last week? He did, didn't he? So that would have been his third yeah. goal in games. And yeah, it's just like confidence breeds confidence. So yeah, you're absolutely right. He should have been taking it. And I think if you just if you just said to me your, your two penalty takers are Martial and Rashford and they decided between them, then fine. Yeah. Uh, just like I think, I think like you say, um, Pogba's he's missed what is it four now in the last twelve months? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's not not good enough um, for a penalty taker at a top club. No, no, absolutely not. Um, and yeah, it did cost us the game because I think we would have definitely held on to uh, to take three points. Uh, we we dominated them in the first half, and I think what was most pleasing for me was yeah that the, the press was excellent, and we just didn't give them any room to breathe at all. They they created very little in that first half, if anything at all. Um, and like you say, the second half we took our foot off the gas a little bit, let them back into it. I still thought we did enough. I still think three points would have been uh, like a kind of fair result from that. That said, it's a lesson learned. Uh, and, you know, we, we march on to, to Palace on Saturday and I'm feeling pretty confident. Well, I'm one of the things I'm feeling most confident about based off another solid, solid performance is, is Aaron Wan-Bissaka playing against his old club. He was, uh, he was excellent. Again, he made more tackles than anybody else on the pitch. And, I think every single one of them was successful. You literally do not get past that kid. <laughs> he is incredible. He's uh, along with with Maguire, obviously. Um, I think there was a bit of maybe scepticism or cynicism when we signed him for like fifty odd million. I, I certainly was a little bit because uh, I just didn't see enough of him last season. Uh, but the guy is just a brick wall. Um, his his playing style and. Just everything about him just it screams like he should be our right back for the next 10 years. He, he was absolutely immense. Um, he's obviously still got a lot to learn going forward. He's not he's not fantastic yeah, at that, yeah. but he's making the right movement and he's making those overlapping runs. What did you think of, on the right-hand side as well, Daniel James' performance? So, yeah, I was, I was just about to highlight that. I think, I think having two new uh, signings on the right-hand side didn't help them both coming forwards because they didn't look very much in sync. Uh, and and uh, you know I think there's obviously room to grow there. Daniel James in his in himself, he, he worked incredibly hard. 
he was he was rapid. He did cause him trouble, but as ever, I think his decision making and his his final ball in the final third left a bit to be desired. Um, I was not in agreement that he dived. I'm I'm pretty sure his his, his butt gets clipped and he goes over, but uh, we'll. we'll, we'll We'll see what people think about that. But, uh, yeah, I think particularly in the second half, actually, um, there was a couple of um, times when he was running at their back four and, and, you know, really causing them issues. It's just like there was one time when he came through and he should probably have slid Martial in, but didn't, you know, I think this is going to come with time. Um, but, yeah, I was encouraged with his, well, his, his work, where his, his, his effort um, and his pace is, is frightening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible how quick he is. Uh, the thing that most impressed me about him was the fact that despite the booking, despite the fact he was fouled, I thought repeatedly and maybe targeted a little bit, he just kind of got up and uh, got on with it. Um, he's, he's still a young kid at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, there are varying degrees of maturity at, at any age. He's uh, 21, am I right in saying that? Yep. Yeah, 21. Um, and he's he put in... A mature performance and his attitude is fantastic. Yeah, he's he, he definitely he has that little hesitation when he gets towards the area sometimes where he's like, "What do I do? Do I pass it? Do I kind of take this guy on?" Uh, but as you say, I've got kind of faith that that will that will kind of uh, uh, grow uh, over time and, and get better. Um, it was a good performance uh, with regards to the the booking. Um, I think we need to highlight the fact it was John Moss who. I think is my most hated referee in the Premier League. He's shocking. So you'll notice with John Moss that um, he's that unfit. He will, it appears he just blows a whistle sometimes just so he can basically take a breather. Uh, It's absolutely disgusting, the the shape he's in. Um, And Yeah, you know, the guy is a professional top flight referee and he's basically blowing out of his arse after about 10 minutes. He doesn't keep up with play. His booking for Wambasaka's supposed handball, which was actually his shoulder, was yeah. a joke. Uh, the worst decision, right at the end of the game. So the ball was coming off uh, over towards Martial, and he took that shot. Yeah. And he blew for, like, I've watched it back three, four, five times. I can't work out what he blew for. I really, like... And just before that as well, the game, and it probably isn't um, the ref's decision, but the one the game offside yes. against Martial. Yeah, the, the and the new it. rule is quite clear in that basically the attacker should have the benefit of the doubt. Um, it wasn't even offside anyway, but he should have had the benefit of the doubt. Then you take it to VAR, uh, sorry, VAR, if anything happens. Uh, and they didn't. It was just absolutely appalling. Um, sorry, that was my cat, if you heard a scream in the background. Uh, it was an absolutely appalling um, show from all the officials, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it was disgusting. So, no, I don't think James dived. I think he's like any winger. He wants to get out of the way of tackles. Uh, and, yeah, I thought the uh, referee performance on the whole was was absolutely shocking. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And so, so going from one of our young exciting attacking four players to uh, another individual that we've discussed um, at various times on this podcast Jesse oh, Lingard I um, knew you were going to bring this now, up now you you provided me with some interesting stats today that I haven't fully appreciated with Lingard um, do, you want, do you want to just run through it quickly right so basically yeah since uh, August of last year I think he scored three and assisted four and every single one of those was in December. Now, bear in mind, this is a guy who has plenty of playing time. 
he's essentially a number 10. He's in that creative role where you've got to be assisting, you've got to be scoring. Um, I I get the thing with Lingard, like you said a couple of weeks ago, he's a hard worker. He's a United lad. He clearly loves the club and he runs himself into the ground. I'm a United lad. I love the club. I would run myself into the ground. Do you know why I'm not a fucking footballer, Ryan? Because I'm shit and he's also <laughs> shit. I, I thought I thought you weren't a footballer just because you knew you'd gone. Uh, that, that is, that's very maybe. true. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, uh, you know, bordering on the verge of, uh, you know, the 13th division before my knee went. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, he's I, just I not good enough. It's that simple. And how, like, how much time is he going to get? How? how much faith is Ollie going to put in him? Because there's got to come a point where you say, right, give Pereira a run or start to introduce the likes of Gomez or, um, you know, Greenwood into the side. He's just not producing. Yeah, I, I agree. I am truly appreciated the, the lack of, uh, uh, you know, involvement in, in goals. Um, and I've, I've, I've been very sort of... Um, Defensive of Lingard because of the effort he does play in, and I think he does the high press exceptionally well. He does. He's very good at it. Yeah, he's very good. If that's how we're going to play, then you need somebody to do that. But you need your number ten to score goals and assist, and that that those those stats were eye opening for me. I've got um, I've got I've got a belter for you. Do you want to hear the greatest stat in the world? Um, not not for Lingard, unfortunately. It's it's a pretty poor stat for him. So yeah, this uh, this is a fantastic stat for uh, for Lingard. 113 Premier League games and ten assists. Angel Di Maria, 27 Premier League games and ten assists. Yeah, I think it, it speaks volumes. We, we need more from from what is supposed to be one of our most creative positions. Um, I'd be interested to see what uh, what one matters stats are. Fact that. He's he's obviously vying for the same position and probably played a lot less minutes than Lingard over the last year. Yeah, um, I mean Mata, he kind of doesn't. He's not going to be able to do the press as well, uh, which is a big factor of our play at the moment. Um, but he's definitely more creative. That said, like I say, I'd, I'd be happy giving Ferreira an extended run or um, or the likes of Gomez. You know, start to integrate him into the team and see where it leads us. I think if Pereira's ever going to make it it's going to be in that number 10 position. So um, I, I'd be all for giving him uh, an extended run uh, to see, see if he does does um, produce more than Lingard in that position. Because I think he's got similar attributes in terms of the, the pressing and the closing down. So uh, yeah. if he can come up with more goals and assists, then uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And he's a great dead ball taker, which we were kind of lacking last night, I felt. Um, yeah. Rashford doing his very worst Roberto Carlos impression. Uh, and yeah, we, we do seem to lack a, a good um, dead ball set piece specialist in that lineup. So yeah, again, you know, it's another reason maybe to give Pereira a go on Saturday. I'm not expecting it to be that tricky of a game, so it might be a good chance for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for <coughs> all for it. Um, quick, quick question for you: Do you think Ollie left it too late to bring on Greenwood? Yeah, without a doubt. He should have made those changes uh, probably on about 75, 80 minutes at the latest. Um, yeah, that would have given Greenwood time with his kind of ability, his trickery to make an impact as it was. He had very little time. Uh, it was a bit pointless. I do think Oli is slow to respond sometimes uh, in game um, to, to, to changes. And I think 
he almost like seems to second guess his own substitution sometimes. It takes him a long time to bring them on. Uh, and I think that is definitely an area of his sort of manager, uh, managerial skill set that, that can be improved. I'd like to think that I was given I've given him the benefit of the doubt, and he was thinking that we were uh, knocking on the door with the the formation that we had. But um, I felt like we needed a change, and Greenwood was the obvious obvious route. Do you, Do you think we're going to create enough this season? Um, obviously, we've just been discussing Lingard and his role and his lack of creativity. Uh, what are we going to do about that? Because despite our dominance in the first half and, and you know the, the way we came back after the goal in the second half, again, we didn't really create that many clear-cut chances and that could be a concern. No, that, that's my worry. Um, Pogba is our only creative force in, in, the, in the first team, I think. Um, Lingard clearly isn't, isn't cutting the mustard. Rashford and Martial are finishers of moves, not, not creators. Uh, and James has got a long way his delivery and his decision-making in the final third. So I do struggle to see where yeah. we're going to get creative um, plays from if it's not from Pogba. Um, and you can't, I mean, as good as a player as he is, you can't rely on him to be doing it all the time. No. Uh, if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, actually, I don't think we'd have got close to the, the goal in the second half. And um, uh, it was all through him that we won the penalty. It's just a shame he didn't convert. Is he playing too deep? No, I think that's the right place for him. I just think we are sadly lacking in creative players. We need somebody else to take the burden. Um, whether that is a new number 10 that has the the attributes that Lingard has in terms of the work rate and the pressing, but also has a bit of quality as well. Um, or whether that's a, another central midfielder to, to take the burden off Pogba and maybe play him a little bit further forward. Um, I don't know, but um, it, yeah, it's it's been the case now for a good couple of years that um, probably since the likes of Di Maria went we've not had much in the way of a creative force other than Pogba and when he's when he's on the pitch one matter yeah did you see uh, Bruno Fernandes's uh, goal the weekend I didn't was it was it good <laughs> yeah it was a belter I mean you know let's point out that this is a Portuguese lead but uh, yeah it was a great goal uh, took it past a, a player or two showed great um a decent amount of pace, actually, and, a, and just a belting finish. And yeah, he, I, there's got to be a good reason that, that no one really went for him, um, you know, out of ourselves and Spurs and any other continental teams. But that kind of player is is what we really need. Uh, Ericsson would have been a fantastic buy. He would have absolutely thrived in that 10 role. Um, oh, I, I oh. don't know about that. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of quality, but... I think, and this was evidenced by the uh, the game against City at the weekend, I think he goes missing in the big games. <sighs> Did he go missing, though, because Spurs didn't have possession? Like, they had no possession whatsoever. And would that be different, you know, in a game like last night against Wolves, where we've got the majority of possession, surely he's the ideal candidate to be. OK, no, I, I can see that. He's probably the right kind of player against the team that you're trying to unlock. Yeah. Um, but... but... He's supposed to be the, the driving force of creativity of, of your team. And I can't see him, you know, pulling a Pogba like he, like he did a couple of years ago when we were 2-0 uh, down against the big yeah. team. I just yeah. can't see it happening. Yeah, fair enough. Fair point. Uh, so it's got to be an area that we're going to address, if not in January, which seems unlikely, certainly in the summer, unless the likes of, of Gomez uh, or Pereira step up, which uh, I think is too soon for Gomez. 
I question I would love him. To see him get more game time though. He, he doesn't seem. I mean, obviously he's in that sort of um, gap between the under twenty threes and the first team at the moment because he's, he's not yeah. also regular for the under twenty threes, but he's not quite making the bench for the first team. Um, but I would, I would like to to see him get some game time this season and hopefully, yeah. not before too long. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, he's Nicky Butt was going on about him uh, the other day, saying he's a fantastic talent. Um, he looks to put on a bit of bit of muscle. Um, he looks pretty strong, and Lingard gets knocked off the board, but uh, off the ball uh, incredibly easily. Um, so that's another area where, like I say, we, we've got to find an alternative to Lingard. Um, he works hard. He he does a lot of unsung stuff. Lingard in terms of that work rate and winning the ball back in dangerous areas but the bottom line is if you are not creative as a number 10 you you just can't be there, you don't deserve to be there so yeah let's hope we, we see some progress from one of the other players over the course of the season Yeah, I agree, so looking forward to the weekend, are, are you going? Uh, I'm not actually. Uh, I'm taking my, uh, my my good lady friend, uh, also known as my wife, um, to <laughs> London for our anniversary. So uh, uh, I'll be watching it probably on some dodgy stream or in some dodgy bar in the East End or something like that. Um, so yeah, you'll uh, you'll have to let me know what the atmosphere is like. I thought our fans last night. I know a couple of people who went um, because they were spread out along that bottom tier. Uh, they didn't sound fantastic. Um, and Wolves fans are normally pretty good, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully uh, back at Old Trafford on, on Saturday and, and the, the fans can get behind the team again. Yeah, well, I thought, I thought the atmosphere was uh, really good against Chelsea uh, first game of the season. And obviously, outside going, going in front relatively early and, and a couple of goals quickly in the in the second half as well. Um, but, yeah, it, it was better than it had been for a while. Obviously, towards the end of last season, it was a little bit depressing, some of the performances. But uh, I, I don't know about you, Mike, but I always come into the new season with a renewed sense of optimism. Uh, and I always feel like, you know, it, it's going to be an improvement this year. We're, we're going to, you know, things are going to click. We're going to get it right. Um, so yeah. I, hope, I hope it's not just a little bit of uh, that early season optimism and then we do end up carrying forward some of this uh, um, momentum going forwards as well. So Crystal Palace, um, they don't seem to um, be looking up to too much so far this, this season. I watched, um, the, uh, I, I watched the full game uh, against Sheffield. I, I I for, it. it was, uh, they were bloody awful. Um, Sheffield United, granted, you know, they, they worked hard, they were at home, they had the crowd behind them. Um, Crystal Palace were absolutely shocking and I'd be astonished if we don't wipe the floor with them on Saturday. I think they've, I think they're low on confidence. I think Zahar, with all his summer um, flirtations, uh, he doesn't look on his game, as you'd expect. And yeah, yeah, you've got to be fully expect. These are the kind of games this season that we have to win if we're hoping for that top four, uh, I'm not expecting any hiccups. Um, and my only interest will be what Oli does. Will James keep his place? Will Lingard keep his place? That uh, they're the kind of big questions I think he's got to answer at the moment. Yeah, I think I think the the back five is pretty set now. Uh, unless there's any injuries, I think that's pretty much going to be the the team that we play in, in most of our games. Maybe not the uh, Europa League, but uh, in most of the key games this season. Um, yeah, sorry, that was that was something I wanted to bring up about um, the game against Wolves. Luke Shaw is going to be a big concern this season. I think Chelsea targeted him. I think Wolves targeted him. He got ripped apart by Adama Traore, who, all right, he's quick. 
but he's not the greatest technical player in the world and he tore sure a new one when he came on. Um, I am pretty concerned about that left side and the fact that we have zero competition for Luke Shaw. Yeah, I, I think we were speaking a couple of episodes back. I can't understand why we didn't go try and get Ryan Sessignon just as, you know, competition and an alternative there. Um, yeah, alternate. Yeah, yeah, alternate. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, actually, um, central midfield. How do you think McTominay did against Wolves? I thought he was not great. He was a bit of a classic 6 out of 10. He occasionally broke up play when they were looking a bit threatening. His passing was hit and miss, uh, literally. Um, yeah, it was the kind of game where he's going to have to start stepping up a little bit. Pogba, you know, Pogba, like you said, was a creative force. McTominay has got a good range of passing. He can see a pass. Um, I don't know. It was it was a bit weird. What, what was your take on it? Yeah, I, I thought I've seen him do a lot better than the game against Wolves. Um, I, I expect more from him and more, um, more more on the kind of like getting stuck inside of things. I thought he was a little bit of a passenger throughout that first half, even though we were playing well. I don't think he did an awful lot. And then in the second half, he went missing as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I've I, I've seen him play a lot better. Um, and I hope that this isn't him thinking, oh, you know, I've made it now kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's just a one-off, but um, I, I want to be seeing more from him otherwise. Uh, I think Ollie's going to be looking at, at Matic again, which I don't want to see. Yeah, I, everyone's been pretty happy that Matic is, is not even featured at all uh, so far. Um, I would probably rather give Fred a go than, than McTominay. Matic is finished for me. His yeah. legs are gone. We, we, we've been through this. Uh, I'd probably rather give Fred a go. But no, yeah, he, in terms of McTominay, he just needs a, a good, solid season. Nothing too spectacular. He wasn't great last night, like you say. He was a bit of bit passive, bit of a passenger. He can do better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he will definitely keep his place for Saturday. And I'm expecting more from him. Yeah, so if, if you were to hazard a guess, what, what do you think that front four is going to look like against Palace? I don't think he'll drop Lingard, unfortunately. I think he may drop James back down to the bench, possibly go Lingard on the right and maybe bring in Mata. Uh, again, because we're going to have a lot of the ball, I think Palace are going to sit back and try and use Zahar on the break. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a front four of Mata, Rashford, Martial and uh, Lingard. Uh, if not Mata, then Pereira. I, I do think James is going to be dropped down to the bench. Not necessarily as a... Um, a criticism of his performance against Wolves just because I don't think he's going to start, you know, every game. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I'd, I'd really like to see Greenwood get a start at the right, but um, I don't know if Ollie's quite there yet. No, he, he won't. I, I'd be the same, you know, throw him in against Palace, um, but at the very least, give him 30 minutes at the end, you know, if we are presumably, uh, if we're doing well um, and we're winning. Bring him on for the last thirty. See what he can do. He, he needs, he needs to get some proper game time. Greenwood. He's an incredible talent. He's still very young, yes, but you know, start giving him the opportunity to to show everyone what, what he can do in the league. Okay. And uh, as a, as a final thought, what, what's your prediction for the score? I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on with this positivity. I'm gonna say at least uh, three 0 but I'd like to see five. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 4 0. Um, I think every, every game at home this season is going to be a 4 0 win. I'm staying positive. <laughs> well, it will be uh, until it isn't because we, we beat Chelsea 4 0. So, uh, yeah, here's hoping. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, um, that brings us to the end of another episode of. Manchester United podcast uh, as we said we're, we're on Apple podcast now so please do subscribe leave us a review and hopefully get us in that new and noteworthy category that would be uh, um, that, that would be that would be sensational uh, does that mean we can start like you know putting horrific adverts on and, and start earning like you know a couple of quid an episode and that kind of thing uh, well you can certainly try if you want <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that until we've got at least a thousand listeners <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time on Born and Red. Adios. Adios.